Okay. Hi, Marion. Hello, Rachel. It's good to see you and actually like connect directly because we've seen each other in things, in groups, but never really one-on-one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I listened to your podcast and I, I very much appreciate how well you can articulate your journey. And so when this opportunity presented itself, I was like, you know, I really want to do a better job articulating my journey and who better to try that out with than you, because I, I'm more aware now of what's going on, just like you are becoming aware of all of those things and sharing that. I mean, you've been doing it for like two years, um, at least in public. And, um, you know, I want to do that as well. I want to be able to, to do it in a way that, um, is helping other people. Right. Right. Well, thank you. That means so much to me. It really does. And you, if you listen and you said you listen to the podcast, you've heard me say like, I do it even if nobody listened. So I haven't really paid a whole lot of attention to who is or isn't listening. So that just really like hits me in the heart, especially today. Cause I, been feeling kind of crappy and like bodies and some pain. And it's been two months since my dad passed. It was two months yesterday and it kind of like snuck up on me and really hit me. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's nice to feel that connection. And I'm really glad that you were open to the opportunity to do this because Um, Something that I really miss about um, pre-COVID times is like the random meetings of people that happen before you, like, before I know too much about them uh, or before, you know, like I have your bio in front of me because I asked for it and it's, and I already know kind of what you do, but I don't want to like dive straight into that because I really want to hear about your story because like, to me, this is your story, but it isn't. So what I'm saying is like, oftentimes I, I, I miss the randomness of like pre-COVID life. So that's kind of what some of these raw conversations are about and why I want it to just like be a conversation and learn about each other. Um, you know, we already know some things because of the circles that we're in, in the podcast, but um, yeah, so I just wanted to, put that out there and um, learn more about each other. Does that sound good? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited. Okay. All right. Um, Well, I look at like all the things you've done and I've seen your, how active you are like in the groups that we're in. And I feel like you've been on this like sort of unraveling and reclaiming. Reclaiming is something that I'm adding into the unraveling piece for myself because I feel like I'm kind of, not past, I don't think we're ever done really unraveling, but there's a point when the unraveling becomes like ready to like come back together for me. Um, So can you just share like, where did that start for you? Or wherever you want to start about Um, well, it's hard to, you know, like, where do you start with the self-awareness? I think I've always been more self-aware than the normal person, but what I do with that self-awareness, whether I choose to grow into something 
um, better, like a, a better version of me or whether I just like beat myself up about what I'm aware of about myself. Um, that's a choice that I've, I've made. And I just think I've made, I've made a lot of positive choices in my life, but I think I've made some of the best choices lately in terms of, um, facing big, big fears and loving myself and choosing to, um, not guilt trip myself on things. Um, so I, I guess the big turning point where, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say I hit rock bottom, but like I had to start over was when I moved from the corporate world, um, into my own like life, like my independent life. Um, I was, um, I started out as a librarian. I realized that I really loved behind the scenes work. And so I jumped careers from librarian into being an assistant. I started at the bottom and then I climbed my way up into, you know, the C-suite as an executive assistant. And, um, and that's where I crashed hard. And um, it was a mixture of uh, being in a tough environment, um, losing a lot of friendships because of the way uh, because of the departments I had to switch into. Um, it was a lot of just, I, I hate to say like, it was a toxic environment, you know, like these are like very cliche things. Um, but it, it was an environment where there was a lot of drama. There was a lot of drama I was stepping into. And, and then I was then associated with it because of the position I was in mm -hmm. as an executive assistant, you know, like you just have to take on that identity. Um, and so I found myself, um, feeling like I had made it, I had made it to the finish line, like in terms of being an administrative assistant, like being an EA and a C-suite is top notch. It's where I wanted to get to. And then realizing there was nowhere else for me to go, mm -hmm. um, in like the, the lateral trajectory kind of thing. And so I, um, yeah, I hit an emotional breakdown. I, I was crying every single day. Um, and I, my, my partner at, actually asked me to quit three different times before I agreed to. Wow. Um, and I finally did quit and it, I left on really good terms. I did everything right. Cause I, that's what I do. I follow all the rules and, uh, you know, I gave my two weeks notice. I left there and then I was like, okay, shoot now what? And I kind of had to like try to reinvent myself um, and figure out, okay, like what are my skills? What do I want to do with my life? And so um, I ended up leaning on the admin skills. I did part-time work. Uh, I did some, you know, library work. <laughs> uh, I, I just kind of hopped uh, into some like temporary positions, summer jobs, um, Mm -hmm. until I realized that I just wanted to be at home and do the stuff that I want, you know, was doing. And I had always dreamed of using, this is going to sound super geeky, but I had always dreamed of using those tools that they use like in Silicon Valley, like all the project management tools and things. So because when you're stuck in a organization, you're, you have to use the tools they use. Mm -hmm. And 
So when I made the leap, I was like, oh, I can be a virtual assistant and I can use all those fancy tools I've always wanted to use, like Trello, which I realize is so silly now, you know, like I want to use Trello. Uh, But I leaned into that hard and that got me into being a virtual assistant. And uh, I've really did a great job with that. I really thrived in being a virtual assistant and serving the people that I wanted to serve and being in like just a really good place, like being able to do what I love doing, doing it the way I want to do it. And, um, and so on that journey, um, I was influenced in, in a lot of ways. And I met, I think one of the biggest pinnacles of my, my recent transformation was, um, the quote of the day show by Sean Croxton. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I know you've mentioned it on the podcast, so I, I don't mind saying it here. But yeah, I, I started listening to that last, um, it was early of, it was early last year. I can't believe it's only been that. It feels like it's been decades. Um, really? I yeah. feel like I, I, I perceive you as someone who's like been in his community for a while because you've really like from where I'm sitting have like run with what you've learned through it. Um, yeah, but no, I think it was like, it was like February of 2019. Okay. All right. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt your, your flow no. there, but I, I also want to say like, wow, I feel like we have so much in common there um, with the executive assistant piece and just being stuck in that organization. And I understand that like not wanting to identify it as a toxic environment um, because I don't know about you, but for me, I can also see how I liked it. I thrived in it. It was something that um, was in a way safe and familiar for me. Um, And I I did fight to change it. And a big part of like my growth was realizing like, I can't, like I've got to, I've got to do me. And I, yeah, I, I can't stop hiding in this and playing the victim. That's what it was for me. I'm not, not saying that was was for you, but you know, it was like, okay, it's time to like step out into my own. And then I feel like I'm still, still finding that way. (laughs) Yeah. I, I I can absolutely relate to that. Like I knew how to play that game. It's a, it's a political game in the the corporate world and I knew how to play it. I mean, I'd watched it. Uh, I'm the fly in the room all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, as an assistant, I hear and see everything. And so I knew how to, I knew how to play and that's how I got to the top. And then I realized, oh gosh, it's not going to get any better just because I won mm-hmm. the game. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. So, so now here you are, you started listening to Sean's quote of the day podcast, like be what you said early February, February, 2019. And mm-hmm you were thriving as a VA and then you've recently given up your VA clients, right? Your last VA client. So yeah, it's been two weeks. (laughs) Congratulations. That's really exciting (laughs) Um, to, to really own your own time. Such a a cool thing that I think a lot of us, like I never would have thought about that. Um, I think if it weren't for probably listening to Sean's podcast and all the things that that unlocked for me and the people um, that it exposed me to because it was just not how I was brought up. So I don't know what your experience is there and 
you know, um, how, how did the introduction to the podcast and all like what transpired after lead you to where you are now? I'm curious what happened in the in-between. I think even though I had found the virtual assistant life and I was, I was doing it and I was proud of it and I was excited about it and all of that, I was still trying to find my way. I was still trying to like see how this was going to be my service in life, you know, what, you know, the, the existential crisis, if you will. Um, I, I wouldn't have called it that. I, I, I don't think it was ever like a crisis, um, but it was, it was one of those things where I was wondering, like, how am I going to be the best that I can be? I've always like really wanted to maximize my potential and the podcast opened up those possibilities and realizing like as cheese I like I had never gotten into self-help books or law of attraction or any of that stuff when I was listening to the podcast and hearing it just every day was just like wow like I can do all these things that I want to do like the all of the possibilities were then open to me like, oh, this is not crazy to want to be, you know, amazing and want to give value and want to, you know, make my life service, you know, even if I have a role in some regard. Um, and so it was just, it really helped me with the awareness piece of, of actually stepping outside of my own experience. I think I had been looking at life from my own eyes. And now I feel like I can look from outside of myself and see the connections that I have with the whole universe. And just, um, yeah, I, I don't know how to articulate it as well as other people, but uh, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. It does. Yeah, it makes sense. And I'm uh, so like, what you said about like now you, you like you feel like you had like a narrow view and now you can it, it's like recognizing the relationship that we have with everything and then how that opens possibility and and the how that just like ex, it's the expansion I guess is, is sort of what I heard in that it's the expansion so it broadened your your view and you said that you didn't, you hadn't had any exposure to like law of attraction or personal development stuff before you started listening to the podcast. So I'm curious about two things. How did you find the podcast? Like what drew you to it or was it introduced to you? Um, and then um, uh, well, I'll, I'll, let's start with that. I have the second one, but I wanna start there. It was a, it was a Facebook post of somebody that I follow and was just like, Hey, this is a really great podcast. You could check it out. I listen to it every day when I'm drinking coffee and me being the productivity person that I am, like I I'm a productivity mentor and I love morning routines. I eat them up. Like I just, I'm like, Ooh, look at what you do in your mornings. Um, I was like, Oh, let me tr try that out. Um, I don't even remember if I was listening to other podcasts at the time. I probably was. I was probably on the Tim Ferriss kick or something like that. Like I was the traditional like business mindset, like productivity stuff, 
Like that's what I consumed um, most of my career. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was a, a virtual assistant um, influencer and she was sharing um, his podcast and I was like, oh, let me try it out. And then I just kept listening. Mm-hmm. Did you recognize it as like law of attraction stuff? Cause I feel like for the most part, Sean doesn't really frame it that way. Like he kind of, I, I feel like he like toes that line. He's like in the in-between of like the woo and like that side that you are coming from the more like business focus, like step-by-step, like what I view is kind of like the more like dominant masculine sort of approach instead of like the softer like receptive opening feminine part of it yeah um so when when did it like shift for you like when did you start seeing seeing it a little differently because you you use law of attraction um and in your words now yeah yeah um I, I joined a few months after I started listening, I joined his signature program, Money Mind Academy. And I think it was probably one of the last lessons where he was talking about the laws of the universe. Um, and that's when I like, it clicked. And I think also the community, you know, chats a lot in, about those topics. And some people would talk about like the secret or something like these things and these books and stuff that I never um, knew about. Um, I eventually did watch the secret on Netflix. um, And, you know, I did start reading the books as soon as he opened up his um, QOD book club. I, I joined because I'm a librarian. (laughs) And so I never read any of these books that he recommends like think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill or like, science of getting rich, like all of these things, like I had never been introduced to. Um, so I've just literally learned by his curriculum and with the support of, of course, the community who have been like, oh, I really love, you know, uh, Jim Rohn's take on this and um, Earl Nightingale on that. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I just, yeah, I just been consuming all of it like a lifelong learner. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, I love that you're a librarian, by the way. Um, some, a couple of my dearest friends are librarians and like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. There's, they're so, um, I'm s- totally gonna stereotype you guys here, but like smart and organized and well-read, you know? <laughs> um, but I'm, that's really uh, cool the way that you just like, found your way into it and it just kind of like flowed. I love hearing the the different um, ways that people come upon this. Um, and I'm curious because for me, I kind of thought it was crazy at first um, because I heard it, like I came from like that background and then it was like, well, you just have to like feel and visualize what you want. And I was like, you're crazy you know like it was it was such a contrast to me whereas like I feel like I heard through your story it was more like like a gradual like entering into it was there any point where you thought like really or like where you had skepticism about how it works um certainly there were definitely times where I was like not getting it and sometimes I laugh about it like I can pinpoint 
uh, moments last year of when I was like so clueless um, based on what I know now of, of manifesting and all of that. And I think what helped was the fact that um, the community is so diverse and they like, even if there were things that they didn't agree with, they would say something else. Like, and so um, everyone had their own interpretations of law of attraction and how it worked. And, you know, from, you know, it being from a biblical perspective, like in the Christianity sense to a more like transcendental, transcendental, like universal perspective. And so I just, I just was open to it because I love learning and yeah, I just had the curiosity of it. Um, so certainly there's still, there's still things that I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I didn't know that because it just is so woo woo, you know? <laughs> um, and, and I mean that in a good way, but, um, it's just, it's still hard for me to wrap my brain around it. Like I definitely would say like a year ago, I was very left brained and now I'm like, I'm not right brain, but I am more inclusive of how I see things. I'm more into the creating side and, and the feeling side. And I've really like, uh, dove deep into the feelings this year. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to be somebody who just stuff, stuff, stuff things. And so when, when I started like crying on camera, <laughs> when I was talking to people, it really, um, it was a huge uh, sign for me to be like, what's going on? I'm usually really good at, you know, having a poker face. <laughs> the, the stiff upper lip. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, so many things there. Um, curiosity is so important. Like, I love that you mentioned that in community, um, that, aspect of being able to see other people's views and the ways that different systems view the same thing, I think uh, for me has made it more like uh, palatable, more like interesting, seeing that reflection more true, I guess. And that's like my ultimate thing is like this pursuit for like truth. Um, and you mentioned um, starting to feel more, oh, the right brain, left brain thing. You said you're not quite like right brained yet, but like, I think that that's good. Like, I don't think the goal is like one way or the other. I think it's like oh, yeah. both, no. it's both and, right? Like, it's not like all good all the time. And I, I love that that was kind of touched on. Um, we're so for people who don't know, we're both in Money Mind Academy. I just joined and you're in your second round or third? Fourth. 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 Okay. So he runs it um, quarterly. Seattle? Yeah. Okay. Whenever he feels like it. I don't know. I, I'm not his spokesperson. I don't right. know. <laughs> I, well, so you've been in it four times and um, I'm going through it for the first time and it's like things that I know, but like seeing it in a new way and seeing it presented in the type of community that it's presented in is like really a big shift for me. 
um, which I kind of heard you saying too. And this isn't like a promo for Sean Croxton's Money Mind Academy, but you know, that's what we're talking about. So if anyone listening um, is into it um, so far, like two weeks in, I've already um, started to notice really big shifts in other parts of my life. Um, so I know you've also had big shifts in other parts of your life as you've been going along this journey. And you mentioned the more feeling being one of them and not stuffing it down. What is that, like, what was that like for you? Like your relationship to feeling and stuffing it down? Like what were your, your ways of being and, and how that shifted? Yeah, I think, um, I don't know. It goes to my upbringing, of course. Uh, I'm a military brat. You know, there's there's these elements of um, how I've coped with moving, you know, to different states every year of my life and never actually cultivating like true long term relationships because they're not going to last. I'll I'll be done with them in a year and I'll be on to another, you know, location. And, um, and so always just wanting to, to present myself, you know, in a polished manner, um, graduating, you know, from college and getting into the workforce, you know, I just wanted to always present my best foot forward and scale the career ladder, you know, like that's what I was just taught and that's how I was raised. And so I think, um, I think I don't, I don't see any of that as being a bad thing. I very much embrace and I'm grateful for a lot of elements of that, of um, being able to persevere in some situations where, you know, if I didn't have that like inspiration, I probably would have <laughs> fallen flat on my face, which also would have been fine. I don't, I don't think there's really right or wrong. Um, but I, I definitely, I think leaving the corporate, um, environment and working online in my home uh, and separating myself from a lot of people interaction, um, I think forced my emotions to come out more in a way that I noticed because I was on Zoom calls all the time. Before Zoom was like hyper popularized by COVID, you know, I was on Zoom every single day um, for my job. And so when I started recognizing how I was feeling and like, I was also becoming more aware of my, aware of my body. Like, I think because there, I wasn't in that fast paced environment anymore. I was just able to see so much more. I was yeah, able to space. hear myself when I spoke. Mm -hmm. You have the space for it instead of all the external like flying in at you of like, um, I know for me, it was like everybody else's needs, everybody else's needs being so like present and in my face with like phones ringing and always having to be stimulated. Like I had my office right next to my bosses. So I was always listening. So like when he said something in a meeting, even if I was doing something else and he needed something, I'd like have it ready, you know? Um, but it didn't leave space for me in it. Um, so I'm wondering if like, that's kind of what you're saying there is like, because now you're in your home, you don't have other people directly around you that like, you, you noticed it. 
right? Like it was coming through. But was there anything else that, or, or like, um, cause I know that you've worked with Stacy and I know you've done some other things. So I'm curious, like any modalities you may have been doing at the time, or was it just, you started noticing the feelings and then like, how did you start addressing them or treating them, holding them, expressing them? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, I think the reason why it was so noticeable, just going back to that point was, uh, starting as a librarian and then being an assistant, I was always in a space where people could come in and interrupt my life. You know, like I was that in that space at all times. So I was always on, mm -hmm. always polished at even, you know, like, and when I'm in a meeting, like I'm, even if I'm in the back of the room, people are looking at me because they know I know everything. <laughs> and so always having to be on and then being in this space now where I'm, I'm really ne never on. I can just be myself. I'm uh, very comfortable now with my, myself and what I can provide. So, um, not having that expectation that I'm there to be the receptionist, um, definitely open it up. It, the, the thing that triggered my, um, awareness about it was that I would constantly see myself in tears on a zoom. And it was usually with particular people that I trusted and like, I've never met most of my friends that I now have, um, in person. Uh, I've just like met them through this virtual, you know, community space. Um, uh, one of the business coaches I was working with, um, last fall, you know, she had lots of calls where I was able to be vulnerable and I was just always crying. And, um, one of the people that was on the call, um, recommended Stacy to me. And then, um, because I wasn't bold enough to reach out. Cause I didn't know what that was all about. Um, you know, transformation coach, what does that mean? I don't know. Um, <laughs> EFT I'd never heard of. Um, but then she actually became a guest, um, speaker at, in that community and I got to experience it and it was a lot. It was a lot. I had never experienced EFT before. And it was like a group session and I was feeling all the feels and I didn't like it. I really hated it, but I knew I needed to do it because it was so uncomfortable. And I was like, if this was, if this was so bad, like I wouldn't feel so strongly about it. Like if it was, if, if it wasn't something that I was supposed to be doing, I don't know. Like, yeah, I had I such so. a strong reaction. Like I, I use poor Stacy. I use the word hate like for months when I started working with her, just like, I really don't want to be here right now. Let's go. Like I, that's how I treated the situation because I, I was so was uncomfortable with all of the emotions that I was being asked to express. Wow. Well, I, I mean, I know Stacy and she leads a powerful tapping. I've never really gotten into tapping except for in groups, uh, group tapping sessions with her. So I, I get it. Like I, I, know where you're coming from. She brings up a lot. She's such a powerful space holder and uh, brilliant at what she does. Um, I find it really interesting. I got like full body chills when you were telling me about that. Um, I think because I, I know like that feeling that she brings up and also just like for, for you to recognize like 
it wouldn't feel like this uncomfortable if it was really bad. Like there's something there and you kept like showing up for it. That's freaking, that can be really hard. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. I mean, that it was that one group session. And then like, I just had a private call with her and I told her, I was like, I really obviously need to do this work. So let's do it. Um, and we ended up, we are still working one-on-one like I, this is a still a journey I'm on but like I even had to stop doing the group stuff because it was so uncomfortable to me and the way that I yeah the the one-on-one sessions go even deeper and it's just it's so much and I just um I'm so grateful I have so many feelings about it I'm so grateful for it but also like it's so imperative that I do this work because it's it's changing not only like my emotions but my mind my body like it affects my whole being and and everything because i'm not um i'm not being like i'm not being passive about my life i'm i'm expressing everything i'm feeling in it and i'm um i'm not like uh just watching it all happen Mm-hmm. and being passive about it like I've always been my whole life which is like well what's the politically correct way to respond to this situation I'll do that uh, okay okay I, I was gonna say like it doesn't sound like you've been passive your whole life it sounds like you've been really like go, a go-getter active doing things that have been really good for you um, but I think what I hear you saying is that it's more of like really you like that real like authentic like who is Marion is like becoming that the more active participant in in life like she's driving the ship now and EFT has helped you to like get in touch with her is that what you would say or um, yeah I mean recognizing like recognizing why I do the things that I do, why I feel the things I feel like I would have never said that I had trauma in my life before being introduced to Stacy and then realizing, oh, that was trauma. The, the, you know, abuse that I had, you know, so many years ago, that was actually trauma and I'm a victim, you know, like I would have never considered that just because I was always thinking about what the, um, the society's norm is of like being, you know, growing and, and being, um, a good person. (laughs) I don't know. Um, but I, I, it's hard to, it's hard to differentiate the two because I don't want to, um, I don't want to disparage that version of me because it also got me to where I am now. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Can you tell me more? Because I'm curious. I I am personally like, I have this real battle between like, um, how do I want to say this? It's like, uh, not. I guess it's not disparaging that person who got me to be where I am and not having that love. Like when I realized like, okay, why haven't I been doing this? Especially the last few months as I've been coping with my dad's death. Um, and I've really neglected my own health. 
um, and then realizing that and then like going, like I went into this whole like sort of beating myself up of like, what are you doing? Like you had this crazy, you know, cancer and this surgery and like you, you I, I've really got to pay attention. And um, for me, it's like a lot of like fear of like death and stuff kind of coming back up. Um, and, and anyway, I, um, the question is, is how, how have you learned to like hold that part of you um, compassionately and, or not beat yourself up or maybe you don't maybe you haven't struggled with that maybe I'm assuming that you have but I think you did say earlier like part of this has been learning to like be more compassionate did I miss that or am I yeah yeah I mean I'm definitely a lot more compassionate to me um, I've always been I, I if I can say I've, I feel like I've always been very compassionate to others but I've only recently been compassionate to myself um, this year. And um, I think I just think about how all of the choices that I made got me here. Mm -hmm. um, I tend to now focus a lot more on the, the positives rather than the negatives. And not that I'm a Pollyanna, but um, it really helps me like move forward mm -hmm. and not dwell um, because it would be so easy for me to get, go back to that victim mentality and being like, oh, this happened to me, especially now that I'm aware of it, you mm -hmm. know, and this is why I am the way I am. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, just being, I don't know, how, how would you say you're going on this journey and like finding the compassion for yourself? And obviously, you're struggling a little bit, but yeah, for you? Um, I think the, the gratitude and the positivity and like training my mind on, on looking beyond, um, and the nervous system work that I've done has been really helpful. Like, which is, is allowed me to like more deeply bring in that space where it's just me um, and even to like, kind of step out of my awareness, um, and just like beingness, do you know what I mean by like the different, like for me, like when I'm aware, like I'm still kind of like, I can often be like in my head, um, like aware of the thoughts. And when I drop into like my body and just my breath and just what's around like it's like this different level of awareness that doesn't have anything to do with anything that isn't going on in like the exact present moment which all along my awareness journey has like you know it started with more like brain awareness more what's going on awareness and then into like the feeling awareness so like I, I got myself to that point um, where I was more comfortable being there and kind of opening and having more flow. And um, that gave me the ability to be kinder with myself and choices. And then I feel like I got hit by a bus with my dad. And so I'm like relearning all of that all over. So like, I know that I have the tools. I know that I know that there are things that'll work and I flat out been avoiding them <laughs> in ways. Um, I flat out just been like, I, I don't want to like a little kid throwing a tantrum. Um, and that's a, 
a pattern of mine. So um, yeah, it's relearning the things that I already know and like hearing from other people like, hey, how do you do it? Um, because I think that that just, it's like a reminder, we're all mirrors for each other. Um, and we don't all, none of us have it all figured out. Some of us are a little further along in different spaces than others. And we're all like, we need each other to, to do it. And um, the, I feel like ugh, there's a Brene Brown quote, something like, uh, I, don't, I don't remember it right now. I can like see it, I have it written somewhere, but like I can borrow other people's compassion um, as I build my own, you know? Um, so thank you for sharing with me that so that I can like, oh yeah, the gratitude stuff works. I've been writing down, um, I've been back into like a gratitude practice for the last couple of days and it makes a huge difference. I've been been without coffee. I was like drinking like two or three cups a day when I was kind of like a one cup person and even that wasn't good. And so like, it's all just like coincided and it starts to like build and now from where I am I can see that that part of me that like needed to like avoid things and do things like that was this that was a survival part too like I was so overwhelmed with emotion I didn't know how to handle it yeah okay yeah I think I mean on the days where um where I start feeling like feelings and I'm like, now's not the time to be feeling those feelings. Like I, I legitimately have things to do. Um, I'll jot it down. I have a little notebook um, and I'll jot it down so that the next time I'm in a safe space, I can go through it because that's the biggest probably lesson I've learned this year is um, I can't, I can't avoid it because it's going to come back and it's going to come back in a bigger, worse way. Like it's going to come back in my body. It's going to be some sort of health issue for me. It's going to uh, come back in a way that I snap at people. It's just going to be ugly, whatever it is. So when I notice the feeling, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, um, I, I write it down so that I know that I have a safe space. And then I just come back to my default so that I can move forward. And in terms of my default, I always think, um, of what my life purpose is now. Um, and that puts me in that present moment and forward facing, um, because nothing else matters. Like, um, I think it's Kyle Cease who talks a lot about like the past, not even existing anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it's the past. And so, um, it's, it's a pretty extreme way to just like be dismissive of it, but sometimes I need that to carry on in the, the interactions that I have to do yeah yeah I like that thank you for sharing that the um the Kyle Cease bit about the past just like like it may as well not even exist I that is something that my brain immediately goes yeah but (laughs) and I know that's the whole thing so um things for me to to explore in myself you know kind of I feel like that's one of those like oh I feel that that means there's something there for me um so uh thank you um the life purpose thinking about that being the only thing moving forward what would you say like your life purpose is 
Yeah, my life purpose is to use my intentional presence and discipline to encourage uh, growth in myself and others so that we can all freely enjoy prosperous, productive, and fulfilling lives. And I do write this down twice a day. That's why it's memorized. Yes, yes, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Um, and I'm, that's inspiring. Um, <clears throat> so how do you, how do you do that? Because like, how does that show up um, for you every day? Yeah, like every opportunity in my life, I, I basically go back to the purpose and, and say, is this congruent with it? Um, so at this point, like I um, have alluded to, I stopped trading my time for money as a virtual assistant. And I am now training other people to be amazing virtual assistants in my workflow wonder business um, and entrepreneurs. I am a productivity mentor, so I have lots of things that I can train them on. So that kind of really covers a lot of the productivity passion that I have. Um, I don't see productivity as like maybe the more traditional, like let's get this many widgets done in this amount of time um, kind of thing, but rather getting the work done that you want to get done. And that can mean a whole lot of different things for a whole lot of people because everyone has kind of a different path in their life. And so um, what matters to me is that I'm instilling an intentionality um, in all of that work and that you're not just doing something because a checklist told you to or a business course told you to, but because it's the right thing for you to be doing right now for you know the goal that you have. Um, and then the more like fulfilling and prosperity focus, um, I, I find my services in um, Masterful Manifestors, which is a business that I co-founded with two other people I met in Sean Croxton's community. And I listened to you guys yesterday a little bit. Um, and I understand that you guys are, you have a, you have your show. There's a show that you do. And then there's also a group that you can be a part of and you manifest together. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we birthed kind of this concept right when COVID hit. Um, it was actually Melanie Browning's idea um, where she was like, this is going to get hard fast. Like she saw it happening. Um, and she was like, we don't have, we don't have the time to deal with this. Like we don't have um, l like, the space to like go down this really negative path that was obviously happening in March. And so she, you know, was like, let's just have a bigger goal that's beyond ourselves that, that we just is going to force us to, to keep going, even if everything around us is crumbling. And, um, and so that's when she came up with this idea of like, let's manifest a million dollars in 90 days. And she just put the call to action to a bunch of people. We got like 40 people into a Facebook group and we all just had these really big goals. And we ended up meeting like every week on a Zoom and just like looking for all the positive things, looking for the opportunities. You know, some people were laid off during the time, you know, like, and they had a supportive group to like lean on as they were trying to like navigate what comes next. And, um, before the 90 days was over, um, the uh, Melanie and Talos Bunce um, and I decided 
let's keep going. Like it's not, it's not going to be 90 days and then everything's back to normal in the world. Yeah, clearly (laughs) we're still in it. (laughs) No. Um, And so let's keep going. Let's, you know, let's turn this into a business because I think we can, you know, reach more people with this concept of just how, how do we look at the positive when there's just so much happening and, and, and so many different places to, to divert our attention from the one we need to be, which is whatever our life purpose is and our goal um, and whatever is lighting us up. So, um, so that's what we did. And so at the beginning of the summer, we, we formed an international company between the three of us. Uh, Talos is in Australia. And um, we launched the first like 90 day challenge, like as a business. Um, and we took several people from that original group through 90 days where we had bigger goals and we manifested things like a whole lot of money and um, a new home and, you know, like just opportunities and things like everybody has different desires um, and Masterful Manifestors creates that safe space where we can claim them and act as if we already have them, which you know, sounds pretty weird, but I know you've talked about it before. Like when, with, I think you called it the miracle morning, mm-hmm. like where you're acting as if all of that has um, happened. And, um, and it's just been really beautiful to just have this space where like, you know, big things are happening in the world, but we're still on track to do whatever we need to do. And um, not that like, it's only positivity. Like we come we come in there on Facebook live and cry and we, we encourage people to go live um, so that we can see them in the space and feel the vibration they're in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we feed off of that. And then also because we are so connected with one another, we see those synchronicities like across the world of like, we're all in like this crazy, funky, weird space where the similar things are happening. And Um, it's really hard to describe, but it's a really beautiful, um, way to live life in community. And I think it's amazing that most of us have never met each other. Um, and yet, you know, we've been able to, to be more vulnerable than with anything else in our lives. Yeah. Uh, wow. That sounds like such a, I mean, the timing of it and what an amazing service to put out to people like at a time when that, like that was really needed. It is really needed, but being pulled away from like that life as we knew it, I I didn't feel as shooken up by it as a lot of people, I think, because my life had already been like, (laughs) um, so uh, but I, I saw around me a lot of people like, okay, well, I don't have community now. I don't have these things. And I feel like when all this like global stuff is going on, there's like a pressure to be super tuned into that, that like makes me feel sometimes like if I'm focusing on my goals and my healing and what I want and thinking positively and trying to see the big picture instead of being in the fear people on the outside kind of go, you're irresponsible. Who do you think you are? And like, it's nice to have spaces where it, it's safe to be in that mindset and to work on those things because it can be really easy to get like 
torn down by the outside. And especially like for me, because those outside voices, even though now I know like they're outside voices, there's been a time when they were inside voices and I had to like work to say like, yes, I hear you. Thank you. But (laughs) like on your way. So I think that that's, it sounds amazing and like really it's, it's working. Yeah. I think it's not that we don't know what's happening. Like we're not blind to it. We acknowledge it. But um, I think for us, we, we know that the work that we're doing with ourselves and towards, you know, what we can be the best at with our skill sets and our life and our, our purpose, that's going to truly be the change that we want to see in this world. And so we're, we're using our lights to make it better. Um, and, and not waiting for something else to happen or for somebody to swoop in with the, the thing that's going to fix everything. Like, no, we, we recognize that the responsibility is within ourselves and, um, our lives are, um, what really guides what's going to happen next. Yeah. Man, I've waited for a long time for someone else to come in and fix so many things. It just never works. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a lesson I keep having to learn apparently. Um, can you give me an example of how doing like the inner work for you has had like an, a positive effect outside of you that like wasn't expected or intended or that surprised you like do you have anything like that hmm I mean I feel like um visualization really always ends up surprising me and I know I'm not supposed to be surprised I'm supposed to be expectant of these things but there's been so many times where I will try to come up with how I want things to happen and I'll meditate and I will visualize, you know, this ideal result, and then, you know, something even better happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that I love is uh, when I was a virtual assistant and I was trying to get a raise and I visualized that conversation and how it was going to go. And it was rough. I mean, it was going to be a negotiation for sure. But I was like confident. I, I visualized that for weeks and I had the date set. It was like three weeks away. I was going to actually have the conversation and I got onto a call and my client just offered me an even better, uh, raise than I could have even imagined. And I didn't have to convince and I didn't have to negotiate. And I thought, how did that happen? Cause I didn't do anything. I had not even clued him in on that. So it's it just like so powerful, like how the universe does respond in ways that like, I, I just, I cannot explain. Um, I think another thing that I think about is uh, how much I've always been visualizing my partner being home. And obviously they're home now. And I didn't mean to manifest the situation that has brought it, 
but man, I'm so grateful for it because now the conversations that are happening of like, well, maybe we'll keep them remote all the time, um, is, is just such a powerful blessing. And I, I know, I know I'm not the only one who's wanted that way before COVID happened where like, it just makes more sense for us to be together more often and to like live life in a way that's not so, um, nine to five siloed, you know, like we've chosen two different careers. So we'll never see each other until the weekends, you know, kind of thing. Um, and just like whole families, obviously I don't have any children, but I know there's a lot of good things that are happening because of, of that. And, and, you know, you can't say that there weren't a ton of moms who are always wanting more time, you know, or, or, or dads, you know, any parent wanting more time with their children and, and having that opportunity land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad that you get to have more time with your partner and to have the, the space to be, I, I see those things um, as positive parts of the shifts that we've had in our world too. you know, more time to just like live more aligned. And I think too, it's brought us more into community in weird ways, right? Like in, in zoom land for the most part, but it's, it's like cut us off in some ways from like, like I can't go to my yoga class. Um, well, I guess I could, but I, I choose not to right now. You know, I don't run into people at coffee shops, but now the whole world is kind of right in front of us in ways that it ha- always has been, but it's more obvious to me anyway, like through Zoom and, you know, like you can connect, the masterful manifestors are all over. Like, where, where are you? I don't even realize, I don't even know. I'm in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, where in PA? Um, It's South Central PA in York, Pennsylvania. Okay. Hmm. I grew up in Youngstown, Ohio. So like near Pittsburgh. So I'm trying to like, I think my knowledge. Yeah, I'm east east of Pittsburgh. I'm between Pittsburgh and Philly. Okay, that's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, and then right. So so you've got you in Pennsylvania. You got Talos. I'm thinking the masterful manifestors. Like you're you're worldwide. Where is Melanie? Yeah, yeah. Melanie's in Utah, Utah. and um, most of our well, yeah, our our manifestors are from coast to coast. Yeah. So anyway, just that was like a tangential thought about how like you're, you're now able to be at home, have more time with yourself, be with your partner, and then also reach out so much, so much more to other people uh, through what you're doing. It's like this contraction and expansion as a part of what's happening in the world right now. And I think that a lot of a lot of people, um, myself sometimes included, can focus too much on the contraction, on all the things that have been lost instead of like what has been gained. Um, yeah, just a thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I love about um, some of the good things I've seen is that it didn't require much changing in other people. Um, I feel like 
knowing more and like growing in this way and being more self-aware, I strongly desire that for other people. I want them to go on that journey. I want them to see, you know, why they do the things that they do, you know, and like what, ha- like I want them to question how they see the world and I want them to be more open. And, and in some ways, like it's, it feels like a constant burden um, to have that. And yet there's so many opportunities where they don't even have to experience that to see the changes that are happening. Um, so like, I, I don't know what, how much convincing it would have taken to have like my partner be at home but because it was forced into him like now now it's like oh no problem no biggie like Mm -hmm. it's yeah not having to um to to like my one of my things that I really am trying to work on is my ability to articulate you know what I'm learning and, and to share that in a way that that inspires other people to take a look at themselves. And so when these beautiful things are happening in the world, like it's so great that, that um, they're able to find um, opportunities for growth without uh, having to um, like hit rock bottom in some ways. Mm-hmm. Obviously there's been a lot of rock bottoms lately, but some of the good things that have happened um, don't require that. Yeah, I don't, I think uh, it doesn't have to require rock bottom. I think I recognize in me that I have a program thinking that it does. And that's from the way that I grew up. That's from my family history. That's my trauma. Um, And that's something I'm working to reprogram because it doesn't have to be a rock bottom. Like, it can be, we can choose change. We can also just accept the changes that come upon us and, and see the good in them um, and, you know, roll with it. One of the, the woman I spoke with last, Starling Creative, she spoke of just being able to like uh, accept whatever, whatever life gives you as though you've chosen it. And that is that's a struggle of mine (laughs) Um, because I want to be in control. I want, I like the control. I think that's part of what made me a good assistant in some ways is that I felt in control, even though I was never the leader, like I wasn't the, you know, I wasn't the head honcho, but in a way I kind of was right. Because he would have no clue. It was like, if, if I took a day off, it was like a chicken with his head cut off, you know, where's this, where's that? I can't, like, I like that. I like that. And part of this whole growth process has been a constant reminder that I'm not, and that's actually really exciting. (laughs) Um, an exciting thing. I don't know. What is, do you have a relationship with control? I mean, you, you have, you're obviously very good at productivity and workflow and organization, which are all sort of like modes of control. Like if we want to put it that way, um, is it something that you've ever struggled with like for yourself or? Oh yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'm definitely like, I've always uh, been somebody who needs to have control over a lot of things. Um, I think the transformation I've gone through 
has made me realize that I, I still very much have a lot of control. Um, I have all the control. Everything in my life is my responsibility and something that I created in some way, in some way I attracted it. And so seeing it, um, I just see it in a more dynamic way instead of the control being like, you know, this is something I have to do or something like that, but like rather I'm in control in that everything is the result of what I'm doing rather than, I don't know if that makes sense. The action, rather than the actions I'm taking is the results um, that, that are ultimately what I'm controlling regardless of what actions I'm taking. Um, and I, yeah, I definitely still have that, you know, I'm, I'm building my own little team now that I I'm no longer a virtual assistant. I'm building a little team for my business. And I, I want to have that balance of like, I am leading and I am going to influence, but also, um, having that collaborative space that I know works so, so well. Um, I mean, even <laughs> Yesterday, I work with two other business partners and masterful manifestors, and I had to like just let go of something about you know like a formatting detail, um, you know that we were on the fence about in two different directions, and I just wanted to take it and I wanted to <laughs> to make it my own, but I had to recognize that you know what it might be better if uh, another person did this and was influencing it and. And it's probably for the best. And like this situation happened so that I can learn this lesson right now and just experience this. So we ended the conversation with, this is an opportunity for me to grow. <laughs> like you go ahead and do whatever you want. Um, and yeah, it's something we can laugh about and then um, eventually cry about, but <laughs> yeah. We can have all the feels about all of it. <laughs> Um, um, do you have any questions for me? Yeah, I, one of the things that I love about, um, the podcast that, that you share so much is around food. And, um, I love the, um, episode. I think it was, I, I, oh, that's the wrong thing to say. Can't say <laughs> like, I love you and I appreciated what, you shared when you were having that brownie craving at midnight mm. and you just showed up. And that's a lesson that I've also learned this year is just being super aware of my relationship with food and emotions. And so I'm just curious, where is your relationship with food right now? Yeah. The brownie, that kind of like kicked off a real hard like awareness streak of, of food for me. And I um, had some moments where I indulged and it was like the last couple of weeks have been a yo-yo a, a little bit of like, okay, I'm doing the things that I feel like I should be doing and and doing well. And then I'm like, I'm going to have a treat, you know, like, oh, I just want this. And I'll recognize like, 
oh, that's like, this probably isn't the best for me. And, and then sometimes I've chosen to do it anyways, because I just don't, or, or I'll go into it and suddenly I'll have like my spoon and I make homemade walnut butter. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, and it's a healthier thing. Like I'm not eating junk food, but it's still not like good for me. Um, and that's like tapered off the last couple of weeks. I've watched myself go through it. I've at times made the aware choice to go and like lie down. I'm pointing over here towards a yoga mat that I have and like breathe and feel my body or go out for a walk. Um, and the last few days, especially, I've just like had no desire for the bad things, the bad, I don't even like calling them bad, you know, yeah. it's, um, this is a real hard thing. And I actually spoke with my grandma last night. She's like, why don't you get a nutrition coach? Why don't you, you know, someone, and I've seen a naturopath. Um, and I know a lot about nutrition myself. Um, and I've tried different ways of eating and it's like, I, I don't know why I haven't, I don't even know where to look right now for someone to make good, um, or be able to give me solid advice for the situation that I'm in. Um, like it, it can feel, it kind of feels heavy for me because I'm so altered <laughs> in my digestion. But I also believe that that doesn't have to matter. That there's more of a mindset piece to it. And so I've been moving back into um, like, just really not focusing on it, taking the focus off of the food, making sure that I have other things to focus on. Oh, that includes putting out the ass to do this call. So I was like, oh, I don't have anything. If I don't have anything else that I'm focusing on, then I'm more likely to go into the eating. And I recognize that there's something else there that I'm avoiding, like a, an underlying emotion, and, you know, the grief maybe from my dad and still probably grief from my own surgery, things like that. But I've really been making it a point to have other things to focus on and the, the money mindset stuff, doing these um, raw conversations or just going to speak my truth into the podcast whenever I feel called and not worrying about what it will be like has really helped me to not eat as much, to not go to food, to not think about food as much. So it's been really good. And I've quit coffee and today's day three without coffee. Um, and that's something I've been wanting to do, but when I focused on it, I couldn't. And then I just, I made a, the, what I've got in my mug here is like a herbal thing, a mushroom blend that I made myself and it's doing the trick. So yeah, it's, I'm, I'm feeling better about it. And also aware that I've been in this place before where I've been like more, less of an emotional eater, like where I don't obsess about food. Um, and so there's still like a root thing, like a root mindset thing. And maybe, maybe it's, maybe there's something to, for me to find in tapping. 
I'm, I'm really, um, touched. Like I had that emotional reaction by your sharing about your journey with Stacy and I've experienced her stuff and I've, um, I did the, her group thing a couple sessions, but I just couldn't like get into it. And I'm still, I connecting on zoom where there's more than one person is like a little overwhelming for me. Um, but maybe a one-on-one thing. So I, uh, oh, yeah, that's night and day. I will say, at least in my experience, I know people who really thrive on the group ones, yeah. but yeah, the, I, I did do the group thing, but I, I told Stacey, I was like, we got to do this one-on-one because it gets 10 times deeper. Yeah. Just knowing that I'm having that connection right there. Yeah. See, I, my first experience with her in the group thing was at the gathering, um, the, the women's group collective and I did that two years in a row and those are really really powerful I'm such a like in-person energy person and I'm I'd like to to figure out or find where my block is and in feeling that same sort of supportive environment in zoom you know I don't know if I just miss the physical presence or I'm not sure what it is but I do agree like one-on-one can go deeper and let me help me get to some of that stuff. So that's where I'm at. I haven't eaten a brownie. Um, I have not, I did indulge last weekend, but I knew, I knew that I was going to have something that like, wasn't in like the high, like it, it wasn't emotional, but it also wasn't in the highest good of my health, if that makes sense, you know, and I was like, okay, that's okay. Um, so if there's any advice that you have, I am open because I'm, I'm just figuring it out. This is one that's like tough for me. And I'm probably going to record something about another layer to this that I really don't want to dive into now because it's still like, simmering up here that relates to childhood um and uh, something I had a big aha on um actually this past Saturday which is when I think things really started like like on the upswing of like oh oh I see you now and really the compassion I guess the compassion shifted and the compassion started the compassion for me flows more easily when I talk about it or when I'm honest with it. Like recording that mm-hmm. episode was really hard yeah. and weird. And I wasn't sure anybody would listen or like I had feelings about people listening. I was like, okay, that's put it out there for me, for me. I'm not saying that everyone, you know, that's everyone's path for sharing, but I think that that really is mine. And I'm inspired by your, your purpose statement. That's something that has been like elusive for me and really shifted and changed as I've like gone through this process. But I feel like I'm going to write one now and write it every day. Like I know that I should, like I've been told, but I just haven't felt ready for. And like, that's okay, but I feel ready now. So Um, yeah it's a it's a good foundation to come back to you know like I I think of it as like a foundation a default like 
if I am so confused, at least I have that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what is the next right step after that? Um, related to the, the food thing, like, um, I'll, uh, I'll send you my little interview with Rose Stein, but, um, she's, she is like single-handedly transformed my whole relationship with food, um, through hypnotherapy, um, which has just been so important for me because I had so much dialogue inside my head around food. And, um, I know a lot about nutrition and health. I used to work in a natural food store. I had a very extensive health journey that involved doctors and dietitians and nutritionists. And so at like last year, um, even I was at a point where I thought everything was bad. Like I thought apples were bad and, you know, all of the things, even the healthiest things could have been bad just because my food and food sensitivities came up as like being red, you know, like having to give up broccoli or something like that, just all these ridiculous things. And so there were definitely points in my life where I was looking in the kitchen and just thinking, I think it would just be easier not to eat, not, um, and, or, or just like, I think my go-to was always rice. Like I'll just have a bowl of rice and that can't hurt me too much. Right. Like I, I had such a weird, funky relationship. And then I would also binge so hard because I would get just so emotional about something or I would have starved myself. And then it was like, well, I'm already destroying my body. So what does it matter? Um, there was just so many elements of it. Um, and we won't go through my whole deep health journey, but what Rose has done for me is, is provided me with like these um, hypnosis meditations that help me rewire how I think about food and how I think about, you know, portioning my food and only looking at my plate and not, you know, using food as some sort of salve for anything else that's happening in my life, but rather just like, it's this thing that I, that needs to happen. Like you have to do it every day. Um, you know, unless you're faster, of course, but like in general, like you need food to survive and having a, a nurturing relationship where there is, like you said, nothing, nothing bad. Um, it's just making sure that you're getting the nutrition that you need for your body. And that looks different for everybody. Um, but rewiring all of that, like, I don't even know what I had to rewire at this point, just because I've done the hypnosis so much that I do know that I drink a lot more water and that I'm really good with portioning my food and that I have a lot more vegetables in my life and that I enjoy it and that I'm able to come like compartmentalize food separate from my life experience and that it's not tied to that. Like I've already written down my food for the day and that's what I'm going to eat regardless of what happens. Yeah. I, I tried that for a little while, but I thank you for sharing all of that because it's just like, it's like, I mean, it's a relief to hear that someone else has had the same thoughts, right? Like there's, there's, that's like the power of sharing our stories, I believe. And also like, I'm like, 
dang, like it, it sucks to have those thoughts. I feel for you. Um, because I, I'm like in a space of some of that overwhelm of like, I don't even know what is, I don't want to use good or bad, but I don't even know what's beneficial. To nurture your body. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's hard for me to decipher that right now. It feels like anything could, could hurt me, you know, and people would be like, Oh, like in the hospital, the dietitians were like, you should eat some beans. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like the bloating was unreal. Um, but anyway, um, so that, that piece is hard and I've tried the writing stuff down before and I like it. So it's cool to hear that you practice that and it's working for you. I'm really, really curious about the hypnotherapy because it's something that I've felt a call to um, and curious about. My mom used hypnotherapy to stop smoking. Um, so I'm like, there's something there um, that I haven't, that's one like modality I haven't tapped into yet. So I would love to, uh, I'll listen to your, is it your interview with Rose Stein? Is it? Yeah, Rose, Rose interviewed me recently, I oh, think okay. it was a few weeks ago. Um, and I can send that to you, but yeah. yeah, it's, it's like having a good friend telling you what you should be saying to yourself because you can't trust yourself to be saying that you just don't have the history. You just like keep doing the same thing. You're going to fall into the same patterns until you've rewired it. And right. so, um, for like a good, like, I think two or three months, I was listening to a hypnosis at least once or twice a day, um, sometimes three times a day. Cause I needed that. Um, and now I'm able to do it just like once a day, um, if I feel the need for it, but it's, it's really beautiful. And I never thought I would be that person. Like, I don't, I, I am organized. I like being productive, but like, I don't like um, doing work I don't need to do. And so the idea of writing down what I'm going to eat tomorrow seemed like so silly to me. I was like, well, I know, you know, in general, like I'm going to have some protein and some vegetables and fruit. Why do I need to write it down? But um, that's for future me. I'm writing it down, not for the me now. I'm, you, I'm writing it down for when I'm exhausted, you know, from talking for, you know, two hours this afternoon. Like I'm going to need to just look at what my menu is and make that happen and not think of like, well, what do I feel like eating? Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I feel like eating. This is what I'm going to eat. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's, um, so true. So powerful because that is where like I can wake up in the morning and be like, okay, like I'm going to do so, do so good with my eating. I'm gonna, you know, I know what I'm going to have. And then like, it's like you said, like after something like this, be like, well, those chips look good. You know, <laughs> like this is right. so easy for me. Um, and something you said about what's the point? Like, what's, I don't like doing things that like, uh, there's no point to like, what's the point in writing it down. And I, I think it's interesting, like that. I wonder how do you feel about that with like other things and other areas of life? Do you have that same resistance to like writing down the thing that you're going to do? Cause like you're a productivity person. And so I know like in David Allen's 
way of getting things done. Like you write down the teeny tiny steps, right? So yeah. would you consider that, would you have considered that like useless? Cause you know, you're going to do it. Like I know, I knew I was going to open my computer and log into zoom to, you know, have a conversation with Marion, but I wrote it down anyway. Like, I'm just curious, yeah. like how, would there have been a difference in the way you viewed one and the other before? Cause I think, I don't know, Sam analyzing it. I'm going to let you answer <laughs> what I do. I guess because I didn't see, um, I didn't see it as an accomplishment. You know, I think the reason why I'm doing it every day now is because I see it as a love letter to myself. You know, like I'm not going to write down, like I'm going to eat chips and a cookie. Like that wouldn't be compassionate to future me and, right now I'm loving myself. So I'm going to treat myself well. Um, and the separation is just simply like the way that I'm accomplishing things. Like I, I do capture everything. I, I have paper on my desk that I write down all of the th thoughts that come in my head and then I process them accordingly. I put them into my systems and, um, I don't have to write down everything, certainly, because I have systems for that. Like, I knew I was going to meet with you because I put it in my calendar and I follow my calendar because I'm an intentional time blocker that does that. Um, but in terms of writing down, like, the, the individual steps, like, I, if I do something more than, like, two or three times, I'm going to make it a procedure so I never have to write it down again. And mm -hmm. I just will go to that procedure and that's how I build all the businesses that I, you know, have built is just creating systems and procedures and things so that um, I'm not reinventing the wheel. Cause that, oh, that really gets, yeah, that really is uh, uncomfortable. Cause I know there's a better way. I know there's a better way of doing something, but just like um, with writing down my food, like I've realized this year how important journaling is. Like I used to type out my goals every day but I do not retain them in the same way if I handwrite them. Yeah. And there's no like, there's probably science out there that'll give that. I don't know what the facts are for why that's true. It seems silly to me because it would be so much quicker to just copy and paste. Um, but you know, it is what it is and you gotta do what works. And if there was a quicker way for me to get the impact that I get from doing this stuff, I would find it and I would share it. But right now, this is where we're at. Yeah. And it seems crazy, but it works. And that's all that matters. Yeah. I, I think, I wonder if after doing that practice for so long of writing down exactly, you know, what you're going to eat for the day, if at some point it becomes more of that automatic thing, like systematized in your own brain. I, don't know. I think it, it certainly is for like the days where um, things like just go haywire and I'm not able to do what I planned on um, or if I'm on vacation or I'm in environments where I'm not in control of the situation. Um, but I think what helps me is uh, I, I am in the community and I, I know that, you know, Rose practices what she preaches and she's done this for years. And so, so has her mom. Her mom has done this for 20 years. It's oh, wow. crazy. But like that has been so successful for her to do it that way. Yeah. And, um, you know, at, right now it's working and that's all that matters in this season. And 
So uh, I, I probably would systemize it like a little bit with, you know, in terms of how I think about it, but it's working. It works. Yeah. yeah. I like how you said it's like a, a love letter to yourself. It's like an uh, accomplishment um, in that way. I, I do think it, it is, but um, yeah, I'm, that's a big, well, it's a mindset shift for me that I appreciate. So thank you for sharing that. I'm really feeling a little like, I don't know, like there's, just so much possibility of like, um, mm, releasing some of the things that have been weighing on me uh, in like the food realm and the feeling realm, which are very tightly connected for me. Like I can't, I'm feeling it in here right now, like the energy moving. So this conversation is, has helped stoke some, some stuff in me. That's really beautiful and why I wanted to have this. And I'm so grateful for you for, you know, like jumping on it and being like, I want to do this. Um, it means a lot to me. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I just, I took a whole leap. It, what's really beautiful about this situation, Rachel, is that I, um, I rarely go on social media, but for the two weeks that I'm in a launch, I will go on social media every day and be in tune with the conversation because I'm sharing every day for the launch. So the fact that you made this ask you know, on this, on the day that you did, like that I'm actually watching Instagram stories, like was just like, oh, this is obviously for me, right? Like this is obviously an opportunity for me to take a huge leap. Um, so thank you for, yeah, having me and um, yeah, letting me try to share my journey. <laughs> you shared so beautifully and I feel like you have so much journey to to share you've done so much you're doing so much you have an incredible amount of like knowledge and gifts in that like in your skills to deliver to people and i'm curious i'd love to hear more sometime uh, i mean because this is like a realm that interests me but like that health journey and and how you got through it and um also um, this is separate, but like how the new things that you've been learning, if in any way they shift your organization and workflow way of working, because that's obviously something that you've been doing for so long, or if you see how you've already had already been using some of the things you're learning now in the things that you were doing. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting a little... Yeah. I mean, it's constantly evolving for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, as a productivity mentor, like, um, I'm all about like, you know, inbox zero intentional time blocking, um, and just being like very efficient and effective. Um, but everything that I'm doing with masterful manifestors influences that in terms of like, well, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And why is this important to do? And, um, is this 
important for everyone or just certain people? And, and um, how can I evolve the role of a virtual assistant so that we're not just um, these like worker bees that check off a list that we can actually be more than that in terms of influencing um, the greater purpose because there are so many um, opportunities in the role of being an assistant, um, whether it's you know virtual or in-person to influence whole organizations and, and the executives behind it and, and crafting that. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely something I'm evolving. I, I'm a huge fan of Rad Reads um, with Kay He. He is, his thing is that he hits people, um, well, he teaches people all sorts of productivity tips, but then he hits them over the head with the existential. Like he'll teach you how to use like Notion as a productivity tool, but then like he'll go dive deep into your life, you know, purpose. And that's the kind of like, message and vision like I want to have in in my audience as well and so yeah I'm excited for what's to come I'm building up my team right now I'm hoping to launch workflow wonder by the end of the year ideally um, so that I can explore as I I grow and build and help Oh, I'm so excited for you. You're going to do, you are doing some amazing things. You're going to continue to do some really cool and amazing things um, with that, I'm sure. And I'm already thinking of people to like send your way, <laughs> having come from the assistant world, you know. Um, and I wanted to ask one more thing um, and not get too deep into this. Um, what is your spiritual background? Oh, yeah. Um, I um, was born in a like a Greek, I don't even know what it's called, the Greek Orthodox Church, I guess, is what my grandparents were. And then I think it was uh, middle school where my dad uh, put us in a Methodist church. And so I had that Christian background. Um, so that went up through high school and I was very active in high school with the youth group and church and stuff, because that was my social life. I couldn't seem to grasp at friendships in school. <laughs> um, I was just really awkward and socially, but I could make friends in church because we all have to be nice to each other in church, right? We all have to like spend time with each other. So it's like forced <laughs> friendships, right? So it worked out very well for me to, to be involved in that. So I ended up going to a private college um, that is associated with the Church of the Brethren, which is a pacifist um, Christian denomination. And uh, I realized that I was a pacifist when I was in college. Um, influenced, of course, by the college itself, but um, I became a peer minister. Uh, I led Bible studies. I um, was also part of this kind of unity event where I brought all the Christian organizations from the college into one like retreat event. So the Baptists were hanging out with the Mennonites and all of that. So like that was fun. Um, so I was very involved in that. And uh, then when I graduated, I got married and uh, my uh, partner is uh, the son of a uh, minister. Uh, so they're very tied to um, the Christian faith. 
we decided to go to a non-denominational church for a couple of years uh, before we just uh, decided not to be in that environment anymore, uh, more for the organizational makeup of it. Um, it was great, again, for that community aspect, but um, yeah, we were, we were kind of exhausted from the politics of it all. Mm -hmm. um, and so we left that and uh, yeah, I've been on my own in terms of my spirituality since then. Um, I have a lot of, you know, different beliefs from the Christian faith, but I also have plenty that still tie me to that. Um, certainly just based on the fact that it's been my influence for most of my life. And um, at this point, I, I, I call God universe more than God, um, I would say. And I'm, I'm very open to things like I, I'm more probably on the transcendental universal side of things of believing that, you know, a lot of the religions are talking about the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. I would not have guessed that you had such an extensive um, background with Christianity and religion. I, I don't know. It's fascinating to me to hear other people's stories because like, I don't, I, I, mm, I didn't have the experience of church's community like you had, like the kids, like I tried to find it there and they were like calling the pastor like a dickhead and stuff. And I was like, I don't think that this is how we're meant to behave. And so like I checked out and I have um, since you've heard me say this on the podcast, probably that um, I was really surprised to find that my grandma had such like, more she she went to a methodist church but she has this very open like you said it's more like a transcendental sort of belief in how things work and um i think that's cool i think that that is very um aligned with my belief that everybody's just trying to kind of like explain the same thing right and i wish it's my hope for the world to like open in in ways like that um Anyway, that just came from, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't really talk about it much uh, anymore just because, um, you know, there are people on both sides that will like not be happy with how I express, you know, um, but that's, that's something that they have to deal with on the, their own. I think spirituality is a very personal journey for people and, um, I find myself way more connected now than I've ever been in my whole life with my higher power and my source and, and the relationship that I have. Awesome. All right. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing again. Um, I'm, my body is telling me I've got to move. I'm feeling. Yeah, me too. I'm going for a walk now. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, so I'm going to get this up, uh, in, in good time, hopefully today. Um, it's been really great to get to know you and I've got, um, yeah, I've got more questions for you. I think that just are going to flow through in the coming time. So I look forward to getting to know you better. And, um, I want to also, before we go, just say that your masterful manifestors, um, is open right now, right? Like you're still yeah. taking people. So if anyone yeah, we, wants to 
learn how to like manifest the things you you have a community there to help them do it like yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah if you if you go to masterfulmanifestors.com uh just click the join tab you can read all about it you can see some of our incredible manifestors and their stories um they're amazing people i i'm just so I, I feel like I'm more of a part participant. I forget sometimes that I'm also like the business owner founder kind of situation, but um, it's such a beautiful community. So definitely check it out. Our um, season kicks off uh, October 25th. So our doors are open until then and you can explore and of course contact us for any questions you have because um, I know it's obviously a, a big step, but it's uh, it's so worth it and, and we love it. And we actually do have a free scholarship. If, if money is an issue for people, um, we do the video scholarship thing. And so scholarship videos can come in until Wednesday, October 21st. All right. Really cool. Okay. Enjoy your walk and, um, we'll, we'll chat again soon. Thanks for sharing everything, Marion. Thanks Rachel. Bye.